Welcome back to the Rob Skinner Podcast. My goal is to inspire you to live a no regrets life, make this life count, and multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. Today I'm going to read chapter 10 of my book, Courage, How to Make This Life Count. If you're enjoying it, please order it on Amazon and tell your friends about it. But before we get into this week's episode, I want to let you know about a new mission planting. The churches in Arizona are working together to plant a church in Flagstaff, Arizona in the summer of 2021. I've been asked to form the team and train its leader. There's a group of 12 12 disciples living in Flagstaff right now, and my goal is to form a team of at least 15 more disciples to double that mission outpost. Flagstaff is in northern Arizona and has 139,000 people in the metro area. Unlike southern Arizona, it's forested and at an elevation of 7,000 feet. It's near the Grand Canyon, has skiing and all sorts of outdoor activities. It's absolutely a beautiful area and a wonderful place to visit and to plant a church. I'm looking for people who are willing to move there, specifically short and long-term missionaries. We need summer missionaries, one- and two-year missionaries, and singles and families willing to relocate to one of the most beautiful areas of the United States. With the rise of COVID and remote work, this would be a great opportunity for a family or a married couple to go on mission. I'm also looking to hire a couple to lead the planting. That couple would move first to Tucson, where I live, for personal training with Pam and me. I'm specifically looking for a young couple, married or dating, who've graduated from college. They don't have to have previous church leadership experience. Pam and I would walk with them and prepare them to lead a planting that has solid growth. Pam and I plan on helping the team get off the ground for one to three months next summer. If you're interested in being part of an exciting mission team or leading the team yourself, please contact me by email at rob at tucsonchurchofchrist.org That's rob at tucsonchurchofchrist.org. That's T-U-C-S-O-N, churchofchrist.org. Or you can reach me through Facebook. This is a direct way to make this life count and multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. Even if you can't join the team, can I ask you a favor? I'd like to ask you to please spread the word about this planting and let me know someone you think would be a great leader or team member. I've already had help from some of my listeners who've uh, referred me to other people who are interested in going on this mission team, and I've already had three people contact me who want to go. So I really appreciate your support, your listening. Uh, The podcast has gone super well here at the beginning, and I really, really appreciate uh, your paying attention and and listening week by week. Now we're going to go ahead and get into Chapter 10, Courage to Get and Stay in Shape. I just knew this night was going to change lives. I had been spreading the word to everyone I knew. Friday night, we're going to have a cross night. I had just bought a newly released VHS tape of Jesus' Passion. A larger church produced and directed it, and I was convinced once I preached on the cross, watched the video, and had a few testimonies, every one of our guests was going to beg me to get baptized. 
We gathered that night, had our chips and Pepsi. I preached my guts out. We listened to some tearful testimonies and nodded as they shared how Jesus' sacrifice had made all the difference in their life. Then I carefully pulled out my secret weapon, the new cross video. It started fine. It had the obligatory Roman centurion uniforms and period piece Pharisee costumes. We overlooked the low-budget outfits and the Sonoran desert filming locations. I was doing okay until Jesus was stripped of his toga and nailed to the cross. I looked at my Lord and Savior Jesus on the screen and I thought, Jesus is fat. Jesus was fat. Jesus was tubby. I couldn't get over it. Now, I could excuse a low-budget, poor lighting, B-list acting, but there was no way in my mind that the Lion of Judah, who wandered and hiked around the Promised Land, could have love handles. The Jesus I saw that night looked like he had not only failed the temptation to turn rocks into bread, he'd also turned some rocks into cinnamon rolls and carrot cake with two inches of cream cheese frosting. He looked more like the Michelin Man than the Master of the Universe. I don't remember anyone getting saved that night. We closed in prayer and a call to think deeply about what we'd heard and seen that night. I did go home that night and think profoundly about what I'd seen. I tried to reconcile what I'd seen with what Jesus commanded in Luke chapter 9, 22 through 23. And he said, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law. And he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Then he said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. I'd often read that scripture and applied it to myself and to others seeking God in the context of denying or saying no to temptations like getting drunk, drugs, lust, pornography, and any other sins that popped into my mind. The one area, one area I'd never really considered was the consumption of food and care of our bodies. I started wondering how seriously my audience would take me if I was 40 pounds overweight and at the same time hyperventilating over our need to deny myself. I remember the conversation God had with the prophet Samuel when Samuel was looking for a royal replacement for King Saul. But the Lord said to Samuel, Don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see the way see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Like it or not, people make judgments based on how we look. We don't have God's X-ray vision that can do a comprehensive evaluation based solely on thoughts and intention. I decided right then I wouldn't let myself go. The first step in any effort to change or improve oneself is motivation. No one has more motivation to be his best than a serious follower of Jesus. In Titus 2, verse 11 through 12, Paul writes, For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. Grace teaches us that we need to curb our desires and live self-controlled lives. God's appearance on history's timeline reveals an example and motivation to follow his example of self-sacrifice. Jesus' kindness to us, shown by his love, 
in his life should prompt a desire to put a break on our natural tendency to more, more, and still more of whatever we're drawn to, whether it's a legitimate need or not. We apply the scripture to drugs, alcohol, or sex, and yet turn a blind eye to dangers hiding in plain sight. Digging our graves with our knives and forks. Pam came home from a healthy living and eating class she was taking and said the instructor told them that Americans are digging their graves with their knives and forks. Consider the statistics. Over the past several decades, obesity has grown into a major global epidemic. In the United States, more than two-thirds of adults are now overweight, and one-third are obese. By 2002, nearly 500 million people were overweight worldwide. You don't have to be a doctor to see how being overweight contributes to the top causes of death, cancer, heart disease, diabetes, and stroke. Diet is a spiritual issue. Ironically, nowhere is this epidemic seen more clearly and consistently than in Jesus' church. In the home of the man who called others to say no to themselves, we are resting our Bibles on our built-in belly Bible stands, offering squishy hugs to one another, and wiping off the pre-service donuts from the corner of our mouths. Here's what God says about a different time and place. Now this was the sin of your sister Sodom. She and her daughters were arrogant, overfed, and unconcerned. They did not help the poor and needy. Ezekiel 16, 49-50 We typically associate God's judgment on Sodom with its sin of homosexuality or sodomy. God goes a little deeper in this passage in describing a society focused on sex, self, and food. Despite or maybe because of its prevalence, the sin of gluttony has become the unmentionable sin. We've taken one of the seven deadly sins and developed a don't ask, don't tell policy inside the church. We can preach hard and challenge one another on the quote-unquote bad sins, but we bristle when it comes to having honest talks about the unconcealable sin. We have to take diet, exercise, and body weight into the spiritual realm. Thomas Akempis wrote the following in his masterpiece, The Imitation of Christ. He said, Arm yourselves manfully against the wickedness of the devil. Control the appetite, and you will more easily control all bodily desires. The more we see our appetite as merely something that needs to be brought under Christ's control, we will start enjoying unintended, complimentary blessings in our walk with him. Mohandas Gandhi, the man most responsible for gaining India's independence from Great Britain, is known for his civil disobedience and rejection of violence. What's often overlooked is how carefully he paid attention to his diet. Read his autobiography or any biography of his life, and you'll see his lifelong interest in following a diet that supported his spiritual and political ambitions. He constantly experimented with his diet. He rejected alcohol, fasted frequently, and chose a primarily vegetarian diet. The ability he developed to control this primary desire for food provided a crossover benefit. He was able to deny himself in all areas necessary to achieve his dreams. Make it a top priority. It will take courage to tackle your weight issue. Often, we want to file it under a different category. We would prefer to categorize it as a quote-unquote health issue rather than a sin issue. 
If you're going to get the power to change a long-term addiction to food, you will need godly sorrow and biblical repentance. Only that type of spiritual power will enable you to make such a fundamental change. It has to become a priority in your life. It's all about the food. One of the big mistakes we make is to emphasize exercise at the expense of eating right. Even if you spend an hour on the treadmill, the equivalent of that sweaty, tedious slog is about one and a half of a Snickers chocolate bar. We'd like to think that if we just exercise more, we can compensate for our out-of-control eating. Now, I'm not trying to diminish the importance of exercise, but if I had a choice of one or the other, I'd choose eating better, eating less, eating healthier every single time. You can lose serious weight simply by watching what you eat. With very little, if any, change to your activity level, you can drop weight. You can't change without acknowledging the issue. If you're overweight, call it. Everyone else knows it, though they won't say anything to you. Like the story about the emperor's new clothes, only the young and naive will point out what is evident for all to see. Get open and get help for your weight issue. There's so many methods of losing weight and getting into shape. The recipe for losing weight boils down to burning more calories than you're consuming. The biggest challenge is that we are too soft on ourselves, and we need accountability to hold us to our long-term goal. If only we could drop weight in a week, it wouldn't bring about so much hand-wringing. However, the amount of weight we typically need to lose will take three months to a year of steady effort. You're going to need the support of your friends and family. One of the best things I've done is verbalize my attempt to lose weight or get into shape at a family dinner time. Other voices typically chime in and we work together for a while to eat healthier or more consciously. You're going to need a system for weight loss. I'd steer away from anything that keeps you away from certain food groups. Once you swear off carbs, meat, cheese, or sweets, your desire for that very thing goes through the roof. Once you stop white-knuckling your diet plan, you'll glut yourself on that forbidden item, hate yourself, and your lack of control. Now, I'm not a diet expert. I'm going to say that right up front. I recommend talking to a doctor or health professional before I started any new diet program. That's why, as a minister, I'd recommend a tried-and-true system like Weight Watchers. I've had the best results in losing and maintaining weight with this program. It's been around forever, offers accountability, doesn't deny any food groups, and increases your food awareness. You can follow it cheaply, and you can do it online. Another option that can work is Jenny Craig. Now, I share the following story at marriage retreats under the segment, What Not to Do If You Want to Build Your Marriage. Now, I'm just saying this. I got permission for my wife to share this next segment. A year into our marriage, I noticed that my wife was putting on a little weight. I came up with a quote-unquote great idea. I asked Pam if she'd like to go shopping at the Lloyd Center Mall in downtown Portland, Oregon. Her eyes lit up and we jumped in the car. When we parked the car, we started walking toward the mall. As we approached the double doors to Jenny Craig, Pam's smile died and she said flatly, where are we going? I didn't say anything and led her inside. The, the consultant sat us down and started asking Pam some questions. Pam answered tersely with short one-word answers. I could see the waves of heat coming off of her head. We signed up for the program and left, left in silence with me hauling the first installment of prepackaged meals. 
Now, if you haven't stopped listening, if you're still out there <laughs> or haven't thrown this book down in disgust, I do want to let you know that Pam chose not to shoot me and ended up losing weight and looking fantastic. And she still looks awesome. The method won't get me on the list of the world's most sensitive husbands, but I can say that we are both happy with the system and its results. Pam picked up some valuable tools and used them to look and feel great to this day. Once you get your food system operating, then it's time to create an exercise habit. I would start by going out for a walk, praying, or listening to the Bible or a good book as you go. You're looking for something that you can keep doing consistently for the long term. CrossFit might look attractive initially, but once you finish your squats, deadlifts, and box jumps, you're going to feel entitled to regular steak dinners and stuffed baked potatoes. I would close on this section by saying that if you can control your weight and control your money, there is nothing you can't overcome in your life. View your weight issue as a test to your valor, and as the gauntlet, you must walk as and and as the gauntlet you must walk through to become the person you want to be. Show grace to yourself. You are going to fail and binge on multiple slices of Costco cheesecake at times. I know this may sound like a reversal of my tone up until now. I know some of you feel like I'm coming on too hard and judgmental. You might feel like I'm just fat shaming, quote unquote, fat shaming you in the American public. Listen, there's, there's nothing tougher than trying to lose weight. Many of the people I love the most, my friends and relatives are overweight or obese. I've been able to only control my weight by accepting that unless I remain ever vigilant, I will follow the masses to a plus-sized life. I always have to watch what I eat and be careful to stay active. We live in a society perfectly designed to promote weight gain. When I blow it, I simply record it in my weight log and make a plan to do better. I'm careful to give myself grace and observe without judgment. I get on my weight scale every day to force myself to face the truth without judgment. Go easy on yourself. Have the courage to face setbacks and come back the next day without discouragement. You'll get where you want to be. Gut check. How is your current diet and exercise system affecting your spiritual and physical health? Is it moving you closer to or farther or farther away from your goals? What can you do today to make a change? Again, you can find my book, Courage, How to Make This Life Count, on Amazon. Type in Rob Skinner or Rob Skinner Courage, and you'll find this book along with my first book, How to Plant and Grow a Church. If you're enjoying this podcast, please hit the subscribe button and let your friends and family know. My goal is to inspire you to make this life count, live a no regrets life, multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. I hope you have a great day and make this life count.